Sota per Gimel Mishnah Zayin three seven. We now return to the topic of the mincha, that meal offering, the minchas kanaos that's brought um, for the sota, and what to do if in the end we aren't going to be able to bring this mincha because for some reason it's become unnecessary or um, invalid. And that being the case, what do we do with it? So we saw previously a cult Mishnahis ago that um, we would put it in the in the dash and we'd burn it in like the ash pile being the fazer sprinkling it over in the event that she um, has a mincha prepared for her uh, but isn't going to offer it because she admits her guilt. We're not going to sort of elaborate on that a little bit and discuss that the, it sort of depends to some degree on, on what's going on and also um, how far along we are in the process of the preparation of the mincha. So to understand this properly, you need to have a bit of a background how how the a mincha, a meal offering, is invested with kadusha, with sanctity. So there are really two stages um, to it. As we actually mentioned before, there is the um, step one, um, when the flour that is going to be used for her mincha is designated to be a mincha. And it was what at what point does it stop being just flour out of the box you bought at the grocery store and start being um, flour that's for mincha. So that is when you designate it with what's kado, what's what's called um, kedushas peh, a, a verbal declaration. So a person says, you know, this is the flour that is for my mincha. At that point, you say hereza mincha, let's say, so then you've now invested it with sanctity. Um, but that's not the whole story because until it gets transferred and put, a mincha, any mincha actually, gets put into a klisharis, one of the consecrated vessels of the base of English, um, it, it's not invested with full kadusha. It's now only just designated it to be kadosh. And then once it goes into the klisharis, that service vessel, so then it becomes now fully invested. So now what's the, what does it mean partially and fully invested with kadusha? What is the technicalities there? So... When it comes to um, consecrated items, they really can be consecrated in one of two ways. They could be um, invested with what I translated as extrinsic kadusha, um, what's called kadushas damim. That is to say, the object in question is consecrated and designated for the base mikdash, and let's say in this case even ultimately head to the, towards the the mizbeach, the altar. Um, but it's not intrinsic to the powder, in this case the flour, not that the flour is in and of itself a mincha, it's just designated to be a mincha. So it's like value has been committed. Okay, so I'm calling that extrinsic kedusha. In contrast to what's called kedushas haguf, which is like intrinsic kedusha, the thing itself is sanctified, it's consecrated. It's not just designated to be, um, but it actually is consecrated. So it's intrinsically done, invested with the sanctity. Now the big difference there is that once something is has Kedushas HaGuf, it's intrinsically consecrated, sanctified, there's no way to undo that. You can't remove the sanctity from the Mincha because the Mincha is a Mincha. It's invested with Kedusha itself. In contrast, Kedusha's Damim, that what I call this extrinsic Kedusha, that's um, based on the designation for its use for a sanctified purpose, but actually it's transferable it's like an extrinsic kadusha, meaning it's not actually the thing itself isn't kadosh, it's that its value has been designated to be gone towards the base of Mikdash. So that means that if, let's say, a mincha only has kadusha's damim, extrinsic kadusha, you could be poda, you could redeem the kadusha off of the flower, 
putting that Kedusha onto a coin and then leaving the cow now, the, the powder, the flour, bereft of its Kedusha. No longer there's Kedusha there. It's been removed off and put onto the coin. And now that flour could be used, you know, to make pancakes you can eat at home now. So it's totally deconsecrated. The Kedusha now sits on a coin and then the coin could be used to purchase new flour. Um, and in so doing, the, tra- the Kedusha would transfer from the coin back onto the new flour. Okay, so when you say this is for a mincha, that just says Kedushas Damim, and when you put it into Klisharis, that makes it, at stage two, you have to first do Kedushas Peh, but after that, if you put it into Klisharis, now it gets Kedushas Guf. When it comes to animal sacrifices, so you have a cow, goat, or sheep, and you, if you say Harezu Ola, this is going to be an Ola, the Kedushas Peh, just the verbal declaration, is enough to invest such an animal with Kedushas um, Haguf, intrinsic Kedusha, okay? Um, but uh, in any case, this, this is, this is a, a Mincha, it's this two steps. Okay, so that being the case, we're going to differentiate between if a scenario in which the flower to be used for the Minchas Kanaos has been just verbally designated by the husband to be a Mincha, in which case the Kedusha Damim and could be removed, or if it's now also been put inside a klisharis, in which case it gets Kedusha Saguf, intrinsic Kedusha, and there's, there's no way now to remove the Kedusha from it. It simply just has to be disposed of in a respectful way by burning it, not on the Mizbech, but in the Steshen, on the, and then um, and then starting again, he'll have to buy new flour. Okay? So the Mishnah says inside, Nitmes <clears throat> Minchasa, if her Mincha becomes invalidated through Tuma, so then Ajlok if it hadn't yet been transferred into the Klisharis, therefore receiving its intrinsic Kedusha Saguf, intrinsic Kedusha. So then Harehi Kachol HaManachos. So then it's like any other Mincha that hadn't yet been invested with Kedusha Saguf, meaning Vetipada, it can be redeemed. Money can be used. You transfer the Kedusha from the the flower that was going to be, that was designated for Mincha use onto the coin. And then that flower can do whatever you want with it. You can do whatever you want. And then you'll take the money. He'll take money and buy new flower for a new mincha. But, or if the tuma that ruined the flower happened after it already had been put inside a klishara, so now it's got kadush saguf, there's no way to get it out of there. And therefore, its rule is that, like any other mincha which has kadush saguf, it has to be burned. Again, it's burned. Um, on that, um, in the Hegel, in the, excuse me, in the, you know, in the, in the Zara there, it stays, um, where it, on that Deshen, on that, like that ash pile where it's, um, it's scattered. Okay. Now the Mishnah continues on and says that it's not just Tuma. Um, there are other ways that a Mincha can need to be burned and offered. It says, The following scenarios in which if you have a Mincha that's been prepared um, and it's been put, into a klisharis, so you can't redeem the kedusha anymore. Now it has to get burned. It doesn't speak out that if it wasn't yet in a klisharis, it could be redeemed. So we have these cases. Besides for tuma, haomeris tamea anilach. If the woman confesses that she is um, guilty of adultery and forbidden to her husband, so now we're not going to have her drink the waters. We're not going to offer a mincha. The mincha. The point is to provide her with a chance for a kapara, an atonement, she's not getting that now, so therefore, we're not offering a mincha. If it's sitting around, then it's been put in a klishar, so now it has to be burned. Similarly, if witnesses come and testify that she's guilty of adultery, 
So then the water's not going to work for her. We're not going to make her drink it. We're not going to, therefore, offer her mincha to give her kapara. And since we're not offering her mincha, we have to now, if it's already been put in the klishars, we have to burn it. If the woman gets cold feet and she says, I'm innocent, but I'm just not going to drink this water. Um, so she's within her rights to do so, assuming period. Um, and she, if we haven't yet erased Hashem's name, we're not going to force her to drink. That being the case, if she's not drinking, she's not going to offer her mincha. If she's not offering mincha, it has to be, can't go on the mezbeach, and therefore um, it has to be burned if it's already gone to klisharis. Vishabala Ainarotzalashkosa. Similarly, the husband, if he changes his mind, originally he said he wanted her to drink. That's why he went through this whole rigmarole. But now, before the end, he says, you know what, I changed my mind, I don't want her to drink. So then he doesn't, she doesn't have to drink. She won't drink. If he doesn't want it, she won't drink. Even if she wants to drink to prove her innocence, he can say, no, I don't want you to drink it. And then she won't be afforded the opportunity to drink it. Um, in such a scenario, by the way, she wouldn't, he can divorce her, but, but she won't lose her ksuba. In fact, he'll have to divorce her, kind of wrong, but she won't lose her ksuba. Um, but uh, if she had a mincha that's been prepared, we can't offer it now, of course, and therefore it'll have to be uh, burned on the desh, and assuming that she um, had it been put inside a klisharis. And similarly, if any time after the stira happened, and she was secluded with the man, making her now forbidden to her husband, if her husband sleeps with her, the case that Mishnah describes is when they they on their way to Jerusalem from wherever it was to carry out the you know the sota procedure. Since he slept with her, now the min, the the waters won't do their thing anymore. If you're not allowed to bring the mincha, and that being the case, it has to get burned if it's put in the klisharis because we're not going to do this whole procedure with the drinking the waters. Fine. So those are all cases in which um, her mincha became invalidated, and therefore it has to just get burned on the deshen. Now the last case of the mission is something really totally different, and you really can get misled. So like new paragraph, new Mishnah, new thought. There's a situation in which a woman could have a kosher mincha, she could drink the water, and still her mincha is not... Um, it's not eaten by the kohanim, which is the normal practice. Rather, it's burned on the deshen. This, so this case here, however, is meaning it's she had a, she drank the water, she had a, a kosher mincha, the kometz went on the fire indeed, but then the rest of it is burned on the deshen as opposed to being given to the kohanim to eat as is the normal usage, normal you know fate of the rest of the leftover flour from the mincha's kanos. Now, the reason for this is we're talking about a case in which a woman who is married to a kohen. See, there's a separate din all to itself, which applies to all menachos, which is that a Kohen, if he is the Bailim, the owner of a mincha, so then his mincha is never eaten, it's always burned. Um, that's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, V'chol minchas Kohen kalil Every mincha from a Kohen should be totally burned. Lo se'achel, it cannot be eaten by anybody. And that's unique to Kohanim. Now, this woman here is not a Kohen, but if she's married to a Kohen, so then both he and she have a stake in this mincha, and therefore they're both considered bilim. He has a stake in it because he has to pay for it. The husband always pays for the wife's mincha's canals, and since he has like a financial stake in it, it's partially his. But she, of course, has a stake in it as well because she's the beneficiary of the mincha because she's the one who gets her kapara, her atonement, through its offering. So they're both bilim. And that, like owners and beneficiaries of the of the mincha. And that being the case, um, since the Kohen has a stake in it, they can't eat the 
mincha, but since she has a stake in it, um, it can't be totally burned on the mizbeach. And therefore, what do you do? Um, besides for offering just one kometz on the mizbeach, the rest gets burned on the deshen, which is like sort of because we're stuck between you know rock and hard place, we can't. Since he's the Kohen, he has a part of stake in it, we can't, no one can eat it. But because she has stake in it, we can't burn it all, just one Kohen's amount. So therefore, the rest goes on the, the deshen. So this has nothing to do with her not drinking the waters or her mincha being valid. It's simply a separate case altogether of uh, an issue of that the the leftover shirah and the leftover flour from the mincha after the Kohen has been offered the Mizbeach, that leftover stuff now has to just get burned. That's what the Mishnah says inside here. It says, V'chol hanesos excuse me, v'chol hanesuos l'kohanim, any woman who's a suspected sota, who's married to a kohen, minchose nisrafos, her mincha is not, uh, is not offered on the mezbech, it's, it's nisraf, it's burned on the desh, on the side, in the base of desh. Now, <clears throat> um, the truth is that the Mishnah here is not just talking only about the minchas kanaos, the sotas mincha. This would be true really for essentially any mincha that a woman brings if she's married to a Kohen, because since her husband's always going to be paying for it, and anything that she has is taken, he has is taken. So therefore, um, the same problem will apply. He has a partial stake in the mincha, and that being the case, it's a Kohen's mincha, which can't be eaten. Um, but since she has a stake as well, it can't be burned on the mezbeach, and therefore it has to be burned on this on the space hadeshen.